Hello, welcome to Exiting Through the 2010s, a podcast where we reflect and dissect the movies of the past 10 years. I'm your host, Jack Draper. With me is my co-host, Clay Williams. Hey, uh, I was a little disappointed that there was no Imagine, like, Brie Larson just didn't start singing Imagine all of a sudden. <laughs> I feel like that would have really added to the movie. I don't it's know. Really I feel like this is our episode on timeline. I mean, and also, like, I feel like singing Imagine into, like, just singing Imagine, period, I feel like solves most problems. Well, so you didn't I don't, think that did anything? I'm pretty like I I feel like that solved everything. I thought that, so. that was the vaccine, no? I feel like it was. I feel okay. like it really was, right. and I don't. I don't know why that Brie Larson just didn't do that in this movie. I feel like it would have just solved everything. Right. Uh, you think that like um, Rami Malek, the first scene, he'll just like take out an iPhone and pass it he'll around to everybody. He'll, he'll put in some fake teeth and lip sync it. <laughs> right. DDC is like, like he gets the wardrobe already, like the, with the wig and the jacket. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. You know, like has a he, white tank top tucked in. Are you calling? Like, wait, are you calling him DDC? Is that does he actually go by that, or did you just make that up? I made it up, but it's, it's okay. kind of fun. It's kind of fun. I, it's it's kind of fun. I'm not gonna it's lie. Fun. To we need fun right now, man. Right. I mean, I agree. I mean, and for and and what's. What's more fun than watching Short Term 12? It's tr- it's very fun. It's and um, with us is Dan Brierly. Hey, how you doing? Hey, pretty good. <laughs> how's awesome. everyone's quarantine? Quarantine's uh, going quarantine-wise. Yeah. Yeah. It's going. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> this is how we're going to have to open every episode. It's like quarantine check-in. I mean, hey, I don't know what else we're going to do. It's very true. We got to do this podcast till the end of time. <laughs> Apparently. Till the world ends, which could be any day now, but could, we're going to well. still do it. So <laughs> must go on. It really does feel like the world's ending. Uh, it's, it's not. Like, it's, uh, we'll be I mean, fine. Even if it doesn't, it feels like it. It does feel like it, but, you know, we're going to be fine. We're going to watch Short Term 12. We're going to we're gonna be okay. We're, we're going to sing Imagine. Short- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to sing Imagine. Actually, I think that, that already solved everything. I don't know why yeah. we're still about it because if there's anybody we need to remember in these times it's john lennon <laughs> who could forget honestly <laughs> who could forget um so do we remember the first time that we saw this are scene? you gonna ask dan to introduce himself who oh. he is and well. how we got into <laughs> and that how we normally do this you know i think we should we should let our excuses be had <laughs> excuses be had <laughs> yeah i mean Okay. I just kind of forgot about that part. No, you're fine. I'm not the most interesting person. Basically, went to school with Jack, film major, friends from back in the day. <laughs> uh, how I got into film, um, I think I randomly watched the Lars von Trier movie Melancholia in the seventh grade and thought, <laughs> wow, what the fuck is this? And that's basically i was like gotta watch more of these <laughs> one, of, one of bernie sanders favorite movies <laughs> well you know kirsten dunst she can she, <laughs> she'll just... unite the world <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. i would watch her sing imagine basically i would i would i agree that's a good take still have a crush on her from virgin suicides or bring it on <laughs> <laughs> No Mary Jane mentioned. 
Interview with a vampire. <laughs> she was like 12. Marie Antoinette. <laughs> oh, boy. It has to be like in the Marie Antoinette get up, too. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's like she's going to shoot, shoot a sequel. It's... Wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> um, short term 12. When did we first see this movie? Yeah. You want to go first, Aaron? Um. Yeah, I guess. Um. I don't... I have to look that up because it was obviously like I didn't see this in theaters. I heard I don't remember hearing too much about it. I heard it was good, but I didn't like I wasn't hearing. I didn't really know exactly what it was about. I knew it had some connection to like a group. Um, I don't want to call it a group home, but because that's not what it is. But that kind of vibe and that kind of story. Um, and you had a bunch of kids in it. I knew Brie Larson was in it. Um, I didn't know how stacked the cast actually was. Mm. Um, and I think this was before Lakeith really broke out um, when I when I saw it, of course. Um, I think he was it's probably still on Atlanta. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it, I can't really tell you the first time I saw it. It might have been it must have been at least two, three years ago. Uh, but I remember loving it. I was really touched by it. Um, I think it's really genuine and heartfelt and um just really it's just a very how do i say this it really gets to something that most movies can't get to um and because it's so genuine and it's so um smart and compassionate and empathetic that um the that i think to achieve what this film wanted to do it had to have that core empathy in it so i was always very touched by the movie it really wears its emotions on its sleeve definitely i think this was definitely one of the like when i was first getting into film like one of those movies i watched in like the early stage i would probably watch this in like 2014 or 15 and ever since then i think i've come back to it like so many times i just think it's I think I was taken off guard by just how, like, natural it is. And, like, at times you could convince me it's a documentary almost. Mm. Like, just some of the, like, uh, day-to-day scenes they show of, like, the people and the, the kids in the home and stuff. Like, I just think it's so beautiful. Mm. Yeah, I, yeah, natural is a good word for it. I, I yeah. really like that. Natural is very much the way the movie is presented. Yeah. So you were actually, Dan, you were the one that brought this to me and and like really kind of put a gun to my head like you gotta see you gotta prioritize this and i knew about it because because um the 4.1 letterbox rating is nothing to ignore first of all and it was just kind of like oh i i'll keep that on the back burner. like it's it it's something that i was i, I just kind of always knew about but i never knew what it was about and they were like no you gotta see this cast it's it's pretty in, insane and so I, I saw it and I decided to put it on when I had my wisdom teeth taken out. Oh, that's a weird and time to it, see it. I, I didn't know. I had no idea what I was getting into. And I was so hopped up on drugs from the surgery that I was just in just in tears. Just falling. My, I, I'm, I'm usually not a crier, but... Like just, oh my god, I was I was just I was just a wreck. And, I think um, I have, I, yeah, I think it, it just does such and, a good good job of like 
making you really feel like you know who these characters are. So by the time the really like big emotional stuff at the end, you just like feel like you've been with them for like a lifetime. Yeah. I think that's why. I just watched um, Rachel getting married for the, before we start recording for the plain check podcast and the scene in which we go to uh, Mason's family was very Rachel getting married-esque. Of just kind of like, there's not much conflict going on. It's very much like a celebration of life and uh, in harmony. So I, I think Cretton is really taken from other influences. And uh, he's, he's someone that doesn't really stick to a tr- traditional style. Now, have we seen his other... Have we seen Glass Club? Glass Castle, or what was his other one? Just Mercy. Just Mercy. Just Mercy. Yeah. Did Did you see that? Has anyone pirated Shang Chi? <laughs> Shang Chi. Shang Chi. You fucking <laughs> asshole. Okay. Well, I haven't seen them. No. I haven't seen them either. But I've heard that they're nowhere near this movie, <laughs> which yes, is kind yes. of weird. I would like I to see Glass them. Glass Castle is kind. of... Nah, and I heard Just Mercy is actually pretty is is decent. Yeah, decent. Yeah, I've heard but he hasn't reached things. this height. Is the no consensus. Which hey, isn't. Fair I, I'll still root. I still root for him though. Yeah. It's not fair though. That's for sure. Because how can you? The Marvel movie is going to be an interesting test for him. I think. I'm really excited for that. And um, also, Aqu- I'm, I'm going to be looking forward to <laughs> if uh, Brie Larson is going to pop up. That's uh, what yeah, I'm true. thinking about because she's he's she's been in all of now. Okay, she's in all. Do you want? I will have to continue this point of conversation. I will have to get really MCU nerdy. Oh boy, here. All right. Because the idea. So this is not a Shang Chi episode. I'm, gonna I'm just go gonna to make the bathroom. It, <laughs> it just it doesn't make total sense why Captain Marvel would be on Earth at that point. Yeah. Uh, it depends where it takes place on the timeline, but. I mean, it would be weird to have, like, she is in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and her not being in his, uh, like, it would be his first movie where she was not in it. So maybe, like, a post credit scene where they'll just count yeah. it. Yeah. But, Do you know what um, I used to call post credit scenes before they had that name? I used to refer to them as bump scenes. I don't know where I, I heard that. But I was huh. just like, oh, yeah, okay, so that's the bump scene where so-and-so shows up and <laughs> get that gag in the bump scene. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I've heard stingers. Stingers? After, yeah, yeah. I've heard stinger. It's a stinger. Yeah. It's a stinger. It stings you. <laughs> um, bump. Interesting. Never heard that. Never heard that. Um, but, yeah, I think Zhang is going to be really interesting because it's definitely a step up for him. It's if he, like, if he knocks us out of the park... Which again, it's Shang Chi is a very weird character. It's had a lot of problematic history in the sense of Marvel Comics and how they've treated him. And um, but I mean, recently, of course, they've actually gotten into some really interesting stuff and they've actually made him like an actual character instead of a stereotype. Is that Tony uh, Leone? Um, no, no, that's it's no, he's he's playing the Mandarin. So it, it's this Canadian. Wait, wasn't that Ben Kingsley? Yeah. Yes. Uh, sort of. Okay. Ben Kingsley was playing. He was. It was a con. That's the whole point of Iron Man three. But there is an actual Mandarin, 
there is actually there's someone who's the yes 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 it is he wasn't the guy okay i remember this now um and uh i forget i can't i forget to uh, how to pronounce his first name because i'm a horrible american uh, (laughs) or white person um yeah you're a horrible white guy Simulio, i think that's i I don't know I'm, i'm really sorry uh, but he's this kind of unknown-ish Canadian actor, um, can, uh, and yeah, he's going to play the actor Shang-Chi. that plays the lead. Titular, yes. Shang Chi. Yes, and then Aquafina is the female lead. Okay. And then With I the heard Michelle Yao is also in it. Michelle Yao. Yeah, I've heard there's they are definitely going to pull out all the stops for her to get um, a lot of Tony Leon. Yes. Big names in Asian cinema. Dad. My dad. I don't know. Definitely not your dad. <laughs> yeah, I just love Tony Leone. I don't it's know. Definitely not your dad. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, I mean, it would make perfect sense if um, he found a way to work her in somehow, just because yeah. they seem to have such a such a great personal relationship i mean working relationship um kind of like cooler and michael b jordan yeah totally totally i think that's why like no go ahead dan go ahead uh i was just gonna say like i think short-term 12 is such a great pick to talk about things like this because just the cast and obviously uh the director but like they've all just gone on to do so many other things that I just like the I, the opening scene, for example, is literally Brie Larson, John Gallagher Jr., Stephanie Beatrice from Brooklyn Nine Nine, and Rami Malek. You have two Oscar winners in that, and like, Sammy, and they this were Sammy Erasure, and Sammy. Yeah, <laughs> hey, he might win an Oscar one day. You don't know. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I mean, this is definitely one of my picks for maybe the best ensemble of the decade. At least one of them. At least the um, most underrated, because underrated and like cast that you need to like buy stock in. Like if you had bought a lot of Stephanie Beatrice stock in 2013 and like Keith Stanfield stock, you could be filthy rich, <laughs> you know. Caitlin Deaver. Caitlin Deaver stock, yes, yeah. I bought her stock when I watched Justified. Justified. So, like David yeah. And so that was that was before this movie. So I was I was ahead of the curve. Yeah, she's. I uh, should be applauded for revelation. Her. Yeah. Oh yeah, she's so good. Um. So I just looked up Destin uh, Daniel Creighton's uh, other directorial projects that are, is upcoming, and I totally did not know this. Guess what television series he's going to direct? Pretty much the mo- the um, entire first season of. It's a show that we've been really looking forward to. It has. One of our favorite filmmakers attached. Um, it's something we're very like we're super anticipating. Oh my god! I guess is, is it HBO? I think so. I think so. Um, I don't Can know what else it would be. Cast? It's not Ansel the Jordan. Elgort. Okay, never mind. I was gonna say Jordan Peele's HBO show. Ansel Elgort, Ken Watanabe. Oh, it's Tokyo Vice. Okay, stop there. Yeah. Yeah, stop it. Quit it out. Yes, 
Yes. He's directing nine of the Tokyo ten episodes. Vice. I did know. I of think I Tokyo know Vice. Yeah. Ma- Michael Mann is directing the mm. pilots, but mm. nine out of the ten Say episodes. Say that Tokyo again. Vice. Say it again. Tokyo Vice. No, Michael Tokyo Mann Vice. is directing the pilot. Michael Mann is directing the pilot. Jesus there Christ. There we go. Yes. <laughs> and another project, which is very weird, and I probably need. And I think I need way more elaboration on because it lists two directors, mm. Ryan Coogler and Destin, uh, and Destin, are the listed directors for a film called Screen Scenes of Me- Scenes for Minors, and the plotline is based on Creighton's experience working in residential foster care, Coogler's East Bay area upbringing and time working in a juvenile detention facility, and Hodge's experience teaching underserved youth in Bay. Hodge is the writer. Mm. Um, Hodge's uh, experience teaching underserved youth in Bay Area continuation schools and her 15 years of working with local youth. The unificate, the unflinching drama tackles institutionalization in a unique and fresh way by exploring juvenile facilities and the kids that grow up in that system. That's crazy. So it's them collaborating on this movie together? Yeah, apparently. It's kind of like, yeah, that doesn't really happen that much in this new crop of filmmakers. Or it's just like, guys, we're going to rally together and we're going to work on one project. Like it happened and with two MCU directors. Two, two MCU, MCU directors, directors too. Yeah. That's a good three projects coming up. Shang-Chi, Tokyo Vice, and Scenes for Minors. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Worthy slate. Um, we should actually probably talk about the actual movie. But, uh, <laughs> but the, funny enough, this is based off a short. A 2008 short. Um, that I, I have like not whiplash. seen. Um, very much so. And apparently the entire cast is pretty different besides Lakeith. Yeah, I think Lakeith is the only returning cast member of the entire short. Um, and he plays a different character named Mark. Um, I have not seen it. It's mm-hmm. probably good. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think this movie is really special for a lot of reasons. One, the topic... The subject matter is not explored, um, at least respectfully, as much as you would think, um, especially in film, in uh, films. And it's something a lot of people can relate to. Um, it's a very unique experience in foster um, foster institutions or overall like mental health facilities, uh, focusing on um, minors. Um, it deals with a lot of trauma, a lot of mental health stuff that is very much a topic of conversation in our society right now, um, and something that has not been treated respectfully in media for a long time. But this movie kind of, t- like, kind of reaches this such a genuine, heartfelt, and I say, I'm saying that a lot, but it's just what kind of vibrates through the film, um, and it's very, it's very, uh, it's. Like uh, like Dan said, it's kind of feels like a documentary because it feels so true, and it feels so uh, authentic. That's the word I'm looking for. Very authentic. Um, so I think that's really like what's special about it, and why I think people have this connection to it. It's so easy to uh, to do this poorly. So he, easy. he really yeah. uh, strikes this this core uh, this core mood of of. Um, not trying to t- touch all the bases of like what we'd expect with a story like this. I felt the same way as the farewell. 
It's like we kind of seen similar shades of this before, but there's there's so much um, personality and uh, personal connection to it that you feel safe. <laughs> you feel like at home <laughs> with, with this movie. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it touches yeah. a bunch of like big issues, like you were saying, but I don't think it ever veers into like lifetime movie of the week territory, <laughs> yeah. where it's like so like I don't know, like we didn't need to see her like. I don't know. There's just so many ways they could have made her like spiral really inauthentic and like over the top and cheesy. Like, like imagine Grace actually hitting him with a baseball bat, and then we go right, to like, the police, right. and then like Mason comes and he like gets the bail money or something. Right. I don't know. Or we didn't, sounds like, like a Safi Brothers movie. We don't. Actually. We don't need the like flashback to her getting a like abused by her dad like i don't know like yeah it's yes, just yeah. it's all like so tastefully like rooted in her story and so delicate. she feels yeah i ha- yeah i wrote that down at one point definitely oh her relationship with mason i think is it's so beautiful but it's so fragile and so delicate that like it just feels like it's gonna break at any second yeah because she feels like she might be um letting herself down if um things aren't like perfect 10 out of 10 all the time with the two of them right i think that's just like her character in general is like she's so glued up and she has everything under control but as soon as things start to like shift the other way she doesn't know how to handle it Mm -hmm. i think brie larson really plays all the shades of grace so beautifully in this movie Mm -hmm. i know like she's kind of a target nowadays with the captain marvel stuff but i think she's you either love her or hate her it's an only Um, She's an oddly divisive figure. Right, right. Uh, but I think, like, this is the type of uh, movie that she excels in the most. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think her type of acting definitely uh, leads more towards the natural, like, really quiet stuff. Yeah, she was put on this planet to play this character. Definitely. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think, and the thing is why, even though maybe her acting stuff is i mean i don't know if it's too divisive i think captain marvel's really the only thing it's not like there's another movie where people like oh brie larson was horrible in that she should you know there wasn't that one movie where people were like oh no not brie larson um she's not a good actress blah 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 i mean that's just the whole marvel thing and well, whether you like that her way about the gambler um is she in that gambler kong yeah. skull island <laughs> no i was just kidding like i'm just yeah. kind of thinking of something that didn't exist um and and like oh no she was bad sorry but, i distracted you sorry. um no it's fine um but it's i i think but her platform again whether you dislike her and I, i'm sorry but a lot of people who dislike her are fucking misogynistic, oh, yeah, misogynistic definitely, assholes definitely. that goes um like i needed you to explain it to me a few times <laughs> i remember during the whole captain marvel thing like you, i was like so what did she do yeah exactly trying to diversify critics like yeah. wait is, is something wrong um but she's <laughs> such a genuine I still am person okay yeah. yeah she's such a genuine person and like anytime you see her interact with fans she is just she just seems like the nicest person to ever live um she seems very empathetic very compassionate very fun very genuine um i'm saying genuine a lot 
But I don't know. I just feel like there's this truth here, whether it be through the acting or the direction or the entire movie or the actual cast. I feel like these people are very true to themselves and are allowed to be vulnerable. And I think that's mm-hmm. why Pri is so good in this movie. It's just because she she allows herself to be so vulnerable um, in a in a in a not many actresses or actors would really allow themselves to go to this place to to literally show themselves be so incredibly emotionally vulnerable but while also trying to maintain a sense of control um trying to portray this trauma in the most tasteful manner possible to connect to something that is such a is such a hot topic um and is so and goes so wrong and she just excels at it and i think that's just because she's a genuinely good person also is understands the importance of what she's doing what she is portraying what is she trying to achieve um uh, and I and I feel like that's a lot of the cast too. I think Lakeith, you know, he's a little odd. He's an odd figure in like his interviews and the way he expresses himself sometimes. But he, you can tell that he's a serious artist. He truly believes in the craft. He he's, truly believes. He's really good in, at picking directors too. Oh yeah, very good. Um, and I think you know what? Actually, I, something I just realized. I knew. Uh, that song at the beginning after party that he sings before I even knew about this movie. It was like dun, 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 or something, something like that. Um, you can kind of hear in the background when we're kind of being introduced to Marcus and Louise and and she like has the water gun pointed at Louise's face <laughs> and it's like it's like quiet in the background. Um, <laughs> that- that kid is such a good little like shithead in this movie. Yeah, right. Like, he's such a <laughs> so annoying. <laughs> Plays that part really well. <laughs> we know. I hope we that was know. on the casting call. A little yes, shithead. A little shithead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're we're looking for uh, a ten to twelve year old little shithead. Yeah. I hope with Sammy, the Colin Card was cutie patootie. <laughs> cutie patootie is definitely on that Colin. But Honestly, sad. I mean, cutie patootie, but you're <laughs> <pretty sad. laughs> cutie patootie, but melancholy. Yeah. <laughs> I think the brilliant thing about this is that we could follow any of these characters as in-depth we do Grace and still be thoroughly enjoying all an hour and 37 minutes of this. Definitely. And I uh, actually lo- I love that every character does get a little, a little scene bit. at least, even if, like... Rami Malek, he doesn't have the biggest part, and his character might not be the most important, but he still has some standout scenes. Same with Stephanie Beatrice. Definitely. Yeah. I, and I think... I think that's another thing, is, like, a moment that I'm thinking about when you just mentioned Stephanie Beatrice is, like, there's this moment where I think it's right after Marcus attempts to kill himself, um, and, there, you know, it's the aftermath. She's sitting in, like... She's sitting with a whole bunch of kids in, like, the entertainment room and she just puts her arm over one of the kids mm-hmm. and that's so oh that's such a just a nice touch and it feels so real and raw and you could just tell that stephanie really had like main like kind of really entered that mindset of being a compassionate caregiver someone who is you know really wants to comfort um a child who is under a lot of uh, um kid next to her is crying and she wants to be there she wants to do her job she wants to mm, she wants to 
be com- like, like be compassionate and um it feels so natural it feels it literally f- feels to me that she taught like she had a great relationship with all those child actors she would talk to them all the time they would create such a safe space um and it just it feels very warm and it feels very it's nice to see human kindness even though like these are some harsh circumstances for these kids and they're all dealing with trauma right now it's really nice to see like genuine human good kindness and compassion and empathy when the world needs a little bit a little bit of that right now um it's just nice to see people care and that's what i think really that gets across in from all these actors um yeah it's very unsexy to see people just going about their daily lives and um and just doing well at their at their jobs that they enjoy that's just something that's inherently like uncinematic and uh, it's why it's one of the reasons why I adore um, Willem Dafoe and the Florida Project. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's a performance that I wanted to win that year, just because we'd never see something like that. Um, and same thing with this movie. I feel like it's just, despite anything else that that's emotionally in depth as um, Grace's pregnancy or Jaden's dad, it's. It's just people that that just enjoy what they do, <laughs> and we just we don't get something um, that also the movie celebrates what they do as often. I I completely agree. I think those are the special performances, the one that show people being people, but not in a sensationalized way. Like you know, instead of the overly common yelling, you know, like hysterical wife or the dark brooding husband or the dark dark brooding marriage um, story or <laughs> yeah but i guess maybe that, yeah. i don't know like the domestic that's a whole the hollywood thing. version <laughs> of the we're not having story. gone for that one um <laughs> the like the hollywood version of the domestic drama or the like serious movie but is not like it's not like a horror movie or a thriller um and it but i, I still feel like there's a lot of those movies that lack that authenticity, that um, that idea of people actually being people, um, even though they present themselves as that, it still feels very uh, fictionalized. Um, and I think that's so. Like when you see these performances, whether it be from Willem Dafoe or Brie Larson, I think that's why they're special, is because they feel they feel they feel like the actors really put to the time. And they put the care, or they uh, really cared about giving this part, this person, actual life instead of making it a performance. Yeah, and it's it's like we don't usually see a celebrity icon as just a normal, not to be all like celebs, they're just like us, but mm-hmm. um, because we we see them as uh high on the hierarchy like above us mm-hmm. it it gives us doubt to see them as just like an average person and so when it's done so caringly um it, there's just more reason to champion definitely have either of you speaking of uh, uh the girl from brooklyn 99 stephanie beatrice have you seen <laughs> uh the movie uh, oh that's andy it- sandberg 
<laughs> what? <laughs> uh, in the light of the moon. It's like her short term twelve, in my opinion. I know she's in short term oh. twelve, but it's like she's the lead of it. She's kind of the grace of it. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. It's, like, it's a really small. In the light movie. of the moon. I'm pretty sure that's what it's called. It has like a purple-ish poster with her on it. It's about sexual assault. She gets assaulted, but it's it's very in the style of Short Term Twelve. I highly recommend if you guys are fans of her. The light of the like, moon. Yeah, the light of the like, moon. It's not like the best movie ever made, but I I thoroughly enjoyed it, especially in the vein of a movie like this. Mm, yeah, I'll have to check that out. I like her as an actor. I wish she would do more. Um, I love. I should be I, in, the, in the Heights. In... Oh gosh, I don't think that looks very good, and I love musicals. <laughs> Ooh, hot take. I think I I, I love that trailer. Um, but I, yeah, I think she's a great actress. Um, I it's so to like I love the Nine Nine. It's actually one of my favorite shows of all time. Um, I just watch it repeatedly. Um, and it always makes me laugh. And I love Rosa as a character, especially since like they've given her a lot more depth recently. Um, but her voice is so different. And I forgot she I forgot how she sounded in this movie. For some reason I remember her having that like deep voice that Rosa has. Yeah. When she completely doesn't. I just watched an interview with her lately and like how she can fluctuate with the voices at, at like uh, uh, in an instant. And I find and for some reason I find that like that's just so fun to me. The way she because her natural voice is very it's much lighter. It's much more. Um, I don't want to say this in like a. It's very Californian in the sense. It's very kind of like, I don't know, light and. Um, uh, but yeah, I just I I always find it funny seeing her like use her natural voice in a role because she just she just seems like she's so Rosa to me that it's hard for me to see her. The. Um, Right, because that character, it's it's kind of like taken down an octave. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and but she's great in this, and she has a very small part. Mm. Yeah, I didn't even, like like I said, I saw this movie so long ago that I don't think it was until a few rewatches ago where I realized it was her. It's like, oh, I know who that is. <laughs> like, yeah. Was the, this was before Brooklyn Nine Nine? To this was same year thirteen. Wow. Same year. So. Um, yeah. Also, uh, speaking of 2013, Brie Larson had this spectacular now, and I think 21 Jump Street. Oof, I haven't seen either of those. 21 Jump Street was 2011, I thought. Oh, it's 2011. Was it the sequel? Maybe, but it's I don't just think she was in the sequel. An impressive run, um, with with those three. She's had a good. She's had a good run, whether, you know, whatever you think about the fucking Marvel thing, like, she's been working, and some some I, projects I some projects really like, work, and some projects really don't. Yeah, I think she just got a, such an unfair shake with the Marvel thing. Mm. But I also don't know if her style of acting really lends itself to the MCU. Like, Jack, we had this conversation on Twitter once, where it was like, for a superhero movie, I would rather take Gal Gadot than I would Brie Larson. Because no, yeah, and that's a that's and and Brie Larson logic. is a, can act circles around Gal Gadot, but there's something about the presence you have to carry movies like that, and mm-hmm. I don't know if Brie Larson has that, yeah, the ability to carry it completely by herself. 
And I love I, Captain, like, I love the character of Captain Marvel. I love Brie Larson. I saw it in theaters. I want to root for it. I liked it. It was a fine movie. But I'm not convinced that she was the best person to cast. Yeah. Um, I think I thought I saw another tweet that was like, maybe it could have been recently because of the whole <laughs> Imagine video. Um, Gal Gadot is like this generation's Schwarzenegger. Totally. It's like, yeah, yeah you don't want. I don't know. Pick like, I don't know. You want a movie star sometimes, and that doesn't always mean you're a good actor. Mm-hmm. And vice versa. Like sometimes I want an actor, not a movie star. Mm-hmm. That's true. Um, I think I think the thing with Captain Marvel though is that the plot of the film and the way that character is approached, it's so hard to have her actually be a movie star in the sense of. You're supposed to play this amnesia, uh, you know, this yeah. person who does. The writing has, was not strong in that movie. No, and it was just she was just set up. I don't want to say she was set up to fail because I think she's actually okay in that movie, but she was given a hard. She was not given like the most charismatic um, role. She wasn't yeah, given really the role that where she could pop. Um, I don't think I thought she was actually good in at Endgame. I thought she yeah, was good. She in was really even good. If the, char- it was, the character was much better used in Endgame, definitely. I don't think she's bad. She's totally not bad in the standalone. I just, I think the, the writing wasn't strong. And I'm glad. No offense to the people that directed that movie, uh, Anna Bowden and Ryan Ryan Fleck. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad they're looking for different directors for the second one. Me too. I am. And I, I think we may have brought this up on our, one of our previous episodes, but I'm gonna really champion. Mississippi Grind. I never saw it. Never saw it. <laughs> I keep wanting Clay to see it because he's really uh, into Ben Mendelsohn after seeing The Outsider. And yeah. in Mississippi Grind, Mendelsohn plays just like a human piece of trash, just like a mm. walking, stinking, like <laughs> garbage can. And that's like you're getting totally me hot. Like plays Alley. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> like you're starting to sweat bullets. <laughs> <laughs> Like he has like a gambling addiction. Like he's an alcoholic. Uh, yeah. It's is it it's Ryan good shit. Yeah. Reynolds? It's Ryan Reynolds. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I and two of them the are just trailer. like trying to gamble for for money for hotels. Like it's it's like a fine movie, but they're like really good at it. it mm-hmm. That's why I kind of feel like with Bowden and Flex movies, um, yeah. for the most part, like with uh, what's their debut? Half Nelson. Like, Gosling is really good, but the movie's, like, kind of fine. It's like a Gentleman Six. Is it Mackie in that? Mackie's in it, yeah. They also just seemed like an unfit for a Marvel movie. I'm all for giving people tries, you know, and they, you know. I agree. I, when I, I, I saw I that they were the ones that were chosen out of who I remember was on the shortlist, Marielle well, Heller was at one point on the shortlist to direct. Oh, my God. And I just, I don't know, just kind of like, they came out of nowhere. Yeah. Won't you be my neighbor? Uh, I think no, I Ever Forgive Me is better, but yeah, <laughs> totally. She hasn't made a bad movie I, yet, so. I hasn't. will not be your neighbor first, and I will never forgive you. Those are, those are, that's just <laughs> Do you have a diary? Do a diary of a teenage girl? girl. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. That would be Carly, what happened to her? She needed to break out after that movie. Never happened. No, no Bell Polly fans. <laughs> I, I'm not seen it. I've heard good things. Jack, you haven't seen it? 
Listen, <laughs> you're talking to two people that need to do a Diary of a Teenage Girl episode, apparently. What? Oh my gosh. Okay. I saw that in theaters with my parents when I was in like when I was like 16. There was a lot of sex in that movie, and it was yeah. Not I was gonna say I've, I've heard that. I heard <laughs> there was, was some sex in it. So like, <laughs> it okay. was not a fun time. Was that her debut? Marielle. Yeah. Must have been. Mary, and, as Tom Hanks calls her. And, Jack, I think I told you, did I tell you that she has a secret Cloverfield movie that just never came out that she made with Daisy Ridley? Interesting. What? Yeah. It, it never came out. It was called, like, Kona or something like that. That should have been. It, it was filmed after the first Star Wars movie, or after uh, Force Awakens came out. They, they filmed it. J.J. Abrams produced it. And then after I think the Cloverfield movies like fizzled after the one on Netflix Paradox. that wasn't very good, it just never came out. Remember Paradox? That was a weird thing that happened. That was a weird movie. Yeah, I liked was... I, I liked Cloverfield Lane. That's probably the strongest. You're just a Debecky apologist. Get out of here. Debecky. <laughs> what does Debecky Elizabeth, have to do with Elizabeth Cloverfield Debecky. Lane? She's in She's... Paradox. Paradox. Oh, oh, okay. I thought you meant Cloverfield Lane. Um, Speaking yeah, of oh, Cloverfield, Cloverfield Lane, John Gallagher Jr. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, yeah. yeah look at that. YouTube beat me to it. I, I, I had it first. I it's a it photo first. finish. Yeah. It. He's such a good actor. I think he's really good in this. He's like, really good in this. Mason is kind of like. Um, he's what um, just... Jake Lacey would play him now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who, who's the Who's the kind white guy? <laughs> yeah. John Gallagher and, uh, Jr.'s lost too much John weight Gal- to play Mason, though. <laughs> oh, has he lost yeah. weight? I think, he, like, uh, in that un- underwater movie with Kristen Stewart, he's in that. <laughs> oh, he's in that? Okay. <laughs> I liked that movie. I saw it twice. <laughs> Jake Lacey. <laughs> um, uh, Hush, did you guys see Hush? I did see Hush. He's the killer oh, he in that. Oh, he plays the bad guy in that? Yeah, John yeah. Gallagher. Yeah, oh, he was good. Guy. Uh, I think there's. I liked him in that. One other movie I've definitely seen him in. I like him. He's kind of a forgetful, forgetful face. I maybe I don't know. Maybe it's I haven't seen one of his thing uh, projects in a, recently, but I I don't know. I've always forgotten. Like, oh yeah, he's in that movie and he's good. He's like a huge stage actor as well. Interesting. Oh, he was in okay. Margaret. Oh. Oh, Belko Experiment. Miseducation of Cameron Post. Didn't I didn't see either of these, but I remember them. The trailer. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember those movies. I remember them. Um, yeah, this is a good cast. Even like the like the guy who plays Jack, uh, Fra- uh, Franz Turner, he's good. He you know just gets a scene, <laughs> knocks it out of the park. He has uh, offers he offers some uh, yeah, um, gravitas. That's the word. I I mean like. Yeah, that's I the like guy that, that like runs can... runs the place. Yeah, that's yeah, the... yeah, yeah. He has one line, one line reading. It's when she comes in like really angry that he sent her back to her dad, and he's like, he's on the phone. He's like, uh, I'm gonna have to get back to you in a second. Yeah, I'm gonna, and it's like yeah, I'm gonna call not you good acting. <laughs> yeah, it's like I don't know that that line makes me laugh every time because it's like he's clearly not on the phone and he's just yeah. like. <laughs> I guess that's the only insult I can bring to this movie is that the budget can sometimes show. Yeah, definitely. but I guess like maybe that's that's really unfair. Right, because I think they come up with enough solutions to get around yeah. it, and I think the they budget kind of is what makes it special because you focus more mm. on characters. And... 
it gave us more time with the characters. Yeah. I love the I love how they I love I love how they make the actual building feel like familiar. Like you already kind of feel like you like kind of just know it after like the first few shots. It feels you know, it feels comfortable. It feels I don't know, you just kind of get it. You already feel like you're kind of living there with them. Um, even though a lot of time is spent outside of the building, I think like you get a sense of the rooms. You um, there are constant. Uh, they'll even cut back to the rooms even when really nothing's happening, just to remind you of like this is where you are. This is kind of the vibe. This is how everyone's kind of feeling. Um, and I, I really like that because it really because it, it also it's a good shorthand for kind of telling the audience this is like this every day. It, you know, it's a it's a schedule. This is constant. This is kind of life for these kids right now. It's That's like kind of what they know. And they're stuck there, you know. So it's always exactly. coming back. And they'll, like, keep coming back to that like, to kind of remind you, like, they can't leave, you know. Mm. I think something that's really underrated about this movie is the score or the soundtrack. Uh, I think the music, just the transitional music, is no clue, honestly. Um, but I actually have it downloaded, so I listen to it sometimes. Let's I just think the music's TV. really really uh fits the the vibe of the movie i i agree i think it's very i don't know it's sometimes kind of child scored it who also scored just mercy and glass castle that makes sense um i think i i like the score um because it kind of feels childlike at sometimes it feels sometimes whimsical when it's really with the kids Mm. um but it also is able to give those dramatic undertones without being overbearing. Mm. Um, I don't know. Wasn't there something else that we talked about recently that had a similar score? Like, that wasn't too, like, present? I feel like we had Hmm. to say something else. Oh, look. Do you remember anything? Do you remember anything? I don't remember anything. Can you ever forgive me? Won't you be... Is it a beautiful day in the neighborhood? It's not a beautiful day, maybe. Hmm. Yeah, I think a great example of how routine this all is for them is the opening scene, which is, like, it's just fantastic. Um, Oh, it's so good. When, like, I mean, obviously, like, when he's telling that story about that kid and Sammy starts running out. (laughs) And then, like, they catch him. Nate's, like, just behind them and... And then, like, Mason keeps on telling the story, even though yeah, they all exactly. talk it out. Yeah, so it's just, like, this is just kind of, like, mundane for them. It's, it's like, they're asking for a challenge. Was it Spotlight? Was that the movie where, we're, like, oh, it that could was a be. good, subtle score? Yeah, it must yeah, have been that. Maybe. Must have been that. Must have. Must have. Well, it got, um, but it yeah, has no, to. I, it had to be. It There's had, no question. 100%. Have to have been. Have to have. Um positive <laughs> to have um positive no but i love i do love sure. I, like you were talking about earlier i do love the mundaneness of yeah. some of the stuff like whether it just be story like you know stories or silly jokes that feel like again like some of the jokes are just like yeah that guy would make that it wasn't you know it it, right. it didn't feel like there was like a punch-up or there was like a comedy team behind it it was just like stupid like jokes that we tell day to day it's not Brad Pitt's um, acceptance speeches. Yeah. No, it's not. <laughs> there wasn't like a whole like a huge writing team to come out to come up right. with fun jokes. Imagine we cut to a scene of like a writing team, like it was in the movie. 
don't know. That would be weird. That'd be wild. It's like Spike Jones little shit. Um, yeah, like a, a moment of just like on the fly kind of genuine humor is when they're all like huddled together and they're doing that. They're they're like singing together and the game. The, yeah, like, the game. And I've uh, never understood what the rules are. <laughs> neither have I. I kind of like that we cut in without someone explaining. Like, okay, so Marcus, you're gonna do this, and then Lewis, you're gonna do that. Right, it's right. just kind of like we're very sporadic. But <laughs> I Tommy, love the. Like, well, he jumps in for a second, and he like completely flubs this lyric, and it's just like. This is the new guy. Come on. <laughs> I love when they're playing uh, wiffle ball before Marcus attacks the, the kid. Uh, when the two girls come up to Rami Malik and ask him to play jump rope. And he says no. And they just and like, like, no. Away. And Stephanie no. Beatrice is just like, that's not what we meant. And we said, say no. Like, it's just it's like uh. an innocent, like, you can totally relate to that Rami Malik character. It's just like so out of his element. Doesn't understand oh, yeah. what's happening. He's new good guy. in this movie. Yeah, yeah he is. I like, could totally that's... see another version seeing this whole thing through his eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. he's like the new guy where we're seeing this through a character that's experiencing this world firsthand. Yeah. And maybe that version won't be so bad, but it's it's just Grace is so much more interesting. It's so much more interesting. Um, but yeah, like, I, I love... I love, I absolutely love the scene when, so he finds, he's, you know, vacuuming the couch, he finds Sammy's, um, Sammy's sister's doll, and he, and he gives, and he just, like, kind of, he walks into his room, he kneels down, he's like, hey, Sammy, doesn't say another word, puts the toy on his, um, on his desk, um, or not desk, on his dresser, um, do people say dresser anymore? I don't know, um, and he just kind of walks. He, uh, he kind of like walks out kind of very like silently and like kind of awkwardly too. Uh, but it's just a very just it's a subtle, quiet, nice moment. And I think Malik just with how you could just tell that he's like, man, I'm going to do something good for once. Yeah, like I'm going to. Malik was really good in this. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you are all over the place today. <laughs> it's just very. It was just funny uh, how, how, like, that's where my mind immediately went. <laughs> no, I was with you. Yeah, I was right, like, right. <laughs> Bunch of film nerds. Um, but yeah, no, I, I like that. Yeah, I just think he, I think he plays that really well. Oh, man. Yeah, there isn't a perform. Oh, we haven't even talked about Caitlin Deaver yet. I know. Oh, yeah, let's get into it. Book smart, book smart. Justified, <laughs> justified. Unbelievable. Oh, Unbelievable, yeah. She's so good in that. She is. That's such a hot, oh god, I can't tell. Like, role is a gap mm. to really to be that vulnerable to be that to also, but also play it to have your guard up as like at all times, but also feel. You have to kind of see a little, like, you have to see a little glimmer of she wants to say something or a little glimmer mm-hmm. of there's something else going on, but also have her act like nothing is going on at the same time. It's just a lot of moving parts, and she does that so well, and she has to be so incredible, like, she has, she has to be so incredibly sensitive, and she has to, but she has to be genuine, and it, again, it's just... It's such a delicate. I think um, Dan, you said that earlier, or Jack. Um, that was. It has to be such I a can't delicate tell performance. Either. 
yeah, I think just, I think you can even look at her performance in the un- the show Unbelievable as like an extension of her character in Short Term Twelve, like the vulnerability that she is able to achieve while also maintaining uh, the veneer of strength and like. I don't know. She's so. How old is she? She can't be more than twenty-three. Like twenty-three. Wow, she's incredible. She looks so young. It's yeah. it's always weird when how like how young actors can look when they're just not even close to that age. Um, yeah, she must have been like nineteen ninety-six, two thousand thirteen. She's twenty-three now. I was about seven years ago. So she had to be like 18 or 6, 17. I can't do math. Um, but yeah, no, she's great in this. She has to, again, just such a tricky part to play. Um, and she also has to be kind of the heart of the film, while also, but not necessarily being the main character. Yeah. And she has to kind of emulate Brie Larson, but not yes, make it Yes, totally. But she can't make it too obvious. She can't because she can't be a carbon copy, or the right. audience will just not believe it. But she, so she again, all these moving oh, parts. So good. I just love from their like Brie Larson and Caitlin's first interaction on screen is like they are parallels with each other, and it's not mm-hmm. even like specifically stated that that's what it's supposed to be. But you can just feel whether it's the writing, the acting, that those two characters like you know they're going on a journey together somehow. Clay, is she your winner on on your spreadsheet this year? In 2013? Yeah. Um, she might be in the five of the decade for me. She's my um, she's my winner for this year. She yeah, definitely that. But I don't yeah she, she yeah, but she's great. Um, and again, she's great in Booksmart. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited to see what she does because she has kind of like her the world is her oyster right now. The Last uh, of Us HBO. Oh, <laughs> Yes, she. That's the, that's the best fan casting I've seen in a lot of time. She would be perfect yeah. for Ellie. Absolutely. Perfect. I literally was writing a tweet. I don't know who the hell they'll cast as Ellie. And then as soon as I sent it, I saw the picture going around of her, and I was like, "There it is." I'm, I've corrected myself. It's not hard. She's right there. It's so like yeah. Oh, that would just be so great. And then um, it's like Joel. It's like I don't know. It could be uh, you see Joel Jackman. Hugh Jackman, Joel Edgerton, Oscar Isaac, I've seen thrown around. Uh, probably all two big names to, to actually do it, but. If it's a mini series, they could probably. Like, because Joel, uh, spoiler alert, dies at the end, so. Uh, or does he, though? Because the sequel. Oh, yeah, know. that's right. Yeah, know. good point, good point, good point. Good and point. that's why I, I don't think it will be just a mini series because you have the second game coming out pretty soon. Yeah. So you know they'll want to at least do another season to follow that. They'll leave it open at least. Yeah. Um, they Joel. got uh, the show. The showrunner for um, Chernobyl, Craig Marston, is that Faison? Faison? No, it's Mars. Yeah. Mar- <laughs> yeah. Craig Marston. It's like Craig Mar- Marson. It's it's an M, definitely. <laughs> um, he's gonna do the Last of Us show. Do you know what the Last of Us is, Jack? He doesn't really. It's, it's a, a video, video game. game. <laughs> but you just don't know. I, I don't know what it what it's about. No. Oh boy. I asked him. And he All didn't right. know. I was so disappointed. <laughs> I'm really disappointed too. It'd be okay. Is this worse than not liking it? Yeah. Oh, if anyone. I think you oh. would, well, who? But 
there's no realm where you would dislike it, I don't think. But at least you'd know I, about it. <laughs> if that's true. Yeah. Anyone who did okay, I don't I don't normally say this, but I'm gonna say it. Anyone who dislikes The Last of Us is a piece of garbage. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. I think I you can wanna... dislike no, aspects no, about the no. gameplay because the gameplay can be tedious, but the story. The gameplay fine, flawless, but this, flawless. Yeah, it's just it's too fucking good. Oh god, what a perfect piece of story. You know so that's, that's like be ben... adapted to HBO by the Chernobyl guy. Yeah. Yep. Essentially, that's the news. And, and I'm so happy the, it's a show and not. That's a like movie. the two week old news, but that's the news. But <laughs> what we're saying is Caitlin Deaver would be the perfect. She, there's the main. Uh, you could argue the main character or the supporting character of the game is uh, is a girl named Ellie, who Caitlin Deaver is just perfect, perfect. for. Born to play. Okay. Born to play. Or Ellen Page 15 years ago, but. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> I think Ellen Page sued them over it. That the character looks so much like her. Interesting. Yeah, I mean... Because she had another video game come out at like the same time, Beyond Two Souls, yes, where she was right. actually right. in it. Uh, and I think she or was going to sue them and then didn't. But there was definitely controversy that they stole her likeness for The, uh, the Last of Us. Lawyers were called. Definitely. <laughs> I yeah, think Willem Dafoe was in the other game she was in. Actually. Oh yeah, that had a weird cast too. Um, that was a weird game. Um, but yeah, Caitlin Deaver is in my five for the decade for best supporting. Uh, well, so supporting actress. Oh fuck! All right, I just closed it out. God damn it. It's just four um, Alicia Vikander's. <laughs> it's Alicia Vikander and Ex Machina. Alicia Vikander the Danish. No, it's girl. just the Danish girl. <laughs> <laughs> a movie oh, well, I haven't seen. Hang on, what am I seeing here? Judy Dench and Cats. Oh, <laughs> That's how they'll bring Ahsoka was... to the Mandalorian. Live fur technology. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Spiked penises. Um, um, I want for Edge of Tomorrow, Jennifer Lopez for Hustlers, Caitlin Deaver for Short Term 12, Lupita Nyong'o for 12 Years a Slave, and Regina King for If Beale Street Could Talk. Wow. Um, Regina King I need wins. to rewatch that movie. I didn't love it. I don't love it either. Wow. That's crazy. Wait. I, I mean, not as a performance to nominate, but uh, for the decade. It's interesting. I like you mean, that. like, Regina, you, wait, you don't love Regina King's performance in. Oh, no, no. Street? Oh, wait, no. Blip, I don't blip. like the move. No, oh, I don't like Beale Street that much. I thought she was fine in it. Love her, though. She's a, she's a queen. Oh, I'm, I'm talking about Age of Tomorrow. Sorry. <laughs> oh, I couldn't get through that movie. I watched, like, 45 minutes and thought it was horrible. <laughs> oh my Sorry. We were God. talking about two different things. Edge <laughs> Tomorrow is a fucking American action masterpiece of the last decade. I'll stick with Mad Max. I said hey, one of. Yeah. Um, we, will not, we will not discount Mad Max. I love Emily Blunt, though. She's great. Quiet Place, uh, it's fine. <laughs> Sicario. <laughs> she was good in that. I like the movie. I don't. I. I don't think she should have been nominated or anything for it. I think. I think that's another interesting career this decade. She just can't seem to catch a break as far yeah. as Oscars go. Yeah. Mary Poppins didn't see it. Okay. Into the Woods was not great. She was fine in it though. Um. 
Girl on the Train? I didn't see that. We were just just talking about Girl on the Train. (laughs) That looked so bad. I tried reading the book. Because she was being rallied behind. She got, didn't she like late break like SAG? Yeah, yeah. And then one SAG for Quiet Place. Quiet Place? (laughs) For supporting Category Frog. She's not supporting in that movie. No. She's it's on just the, like she's on the poster. Uh, <laughs> it's like they should invent a co-lead Oscar category, just for no more fraud, you know. You mean that's lead impossible. actress? <laughs> <laughs> like just nominator and lead. She was the lead actress. <laughs> yeah. So weird. She won SAG. <laughs> she won. Wait, she won. I thought she was. She won SAG. No, she won SAG for Quiet Place. For Quiet because Place. Because Regina yeah. wasn't nominated for whatever reason. So it was Amy Adams, Vice, uh, the favorite girls, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> Emma Stone and Rachel Weisz. Yeah. Emily Blunt. Where they should be, by the way. Oh well, Rachel Weisz should have won, but. Yes. I I don't mind. All right, wait. None of this matters. Why are we talking about quiet? Place? <laughs> um, We're never doing a quiet place episode. Well, I don't know about that. If if when the sequel comes out, we might as well. I think that's a good movie. Yeah, but I'd rather do so many other things. Jeez. All right. Fine. Wow. You hate Noah Jupe. It's confirmed. <laughs> Apparently, you have something against John Krasinski. It's weird. I have nothing against Melissa Thomas. First of She's all, it, that's not her name, I don't think. Isn't it Simmons? Melissa right. Simmons. <laughs> no, <you're laughs> don't even know her. You're completely right. <laughs> Blushing. Um. Okay. What else? What? What else about Short Come else? on, guys. <laughs> Come on. Um. So I just watched it right before we recorded, and again, it's such an emotionally draining movie. Um, It's I don't like, I love it, but I don't know if I could rewatch it a lot because it just takes so much out of me. Um, I've so I I was I've debated talking about this for this episode. but I'll just kind of I'll try to be a little more vague. I've experienced um, some places like this, uh, short term twelve, like the um, uh, the structure of it, um, a facility uh, that focuses on the mental health of minors and overall day to day activities. And it, this movie always gets me with. Uh, Milson Thomas is a like, film writer. That's where I know that name. Sorry. Jesus. Sorry. What the okay. fuck? She's Sharing a film a really writer. Really nice moment. And Jack Milson's Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> I need to. I would forget it if I didn't say it. Sorry. <laughs> I, I was really what? listening to your story. I'm in. I'm invested. Please. Continue. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I am too. <laughs> what in God's name? Okay. All right. I don't even know where I was. I came out of nowhere. Um, yeah, I it whatever. This movie, um, I think it really has. I don't know. I get transported back to some situations. Um, just like 
I don't know. Like the, it, it's just it, it's. I mean, it really makes sense why like that uh, Destin had actual experience working in these facilities. Um, actually knows about this stuff because, I mean, it's almost completely accurate. Uh, I mean, um, I mean, almost is. So like the actual facility is that's how they run those facilities. That's like those rules, regulations, level drops. Those are real things that are put into place. Um, but there is one thing I do want to talk about, and that's Brie Larson should be fired. The character, like, <laughs> I'm sorry, but in the sense of that character, she is an amazing person. I think she's great at her job. But unfortunately, if I knew what she did in the sense of, like, breaking to the person's home, also being very, like, allowing her uh, information like that to other patients that is in like technically you just cannot do that that is against a lot of the ethics and rules of those places um i think she made the right choice i think she i think like i'm just saying in reality that is a what she did was a big no-no um, maybe a two-week suspension <laughs> uh, she threw her uh, her boss's lamp on the ground after yelling at him (laughs) Eh, like just like smashing his own property i feel like that's a fireball offense but also um breaking a lot of the other rules um it's not a big deal it's i I just i just i always that's the only thing where i'm like yeah she would be fired over that there's no i do think the ending is maybe gets wrapped up a little too quickly because you go right from them at um caitlin deaver's house to like oh she's back she's in therapy now and she's better and then it's the end i think there could have been maybe five Mm. ten more minutes of like resolving some of that conflict instead of just like they at least kind of acknowledged like uh caitlin deaver's like oh i'm gonna tell them like as a joke and then and then she doesn't but i don't know i that make sense (laughs) yeah i i wanted that but for marcus I feel like there was a little more to do with Marcus because like, I mean, it's implied that there, you know, of course he got the help he needed um, after his attempted suicide, but I feel like there should have been at least a little more so we could really feel like the him getting just exponentially better all of a sudden was a little more earned Mm. in the sense because like they just say, oh yeah, he was at a coffee shop. He's completely fine now. He's doing so good. Yeah. Just Um, like how much time has passed? sense that event to the end yeah uh, yeah it's kind of hard to tell i would assume um, that it's just separation anxiety too that led into the yeah no it's true but it it, it does it, it again it feels maybe so maybe we're like to assume too clean. um since he's leaving this place this isn't the first time that he's just been transported around hmm. maybe i, I mean I mean, like all these. I think all the way this movie establishes how all these kids have like long histories with whatever, but they don't explain each and every trauma, is really, I think, is really good because one, that's just too much, and there is no real point at the end of the day to to plainly explain every single reason why every single kid is there because it just it becomes too much, honestly, mm-hmm. and you're just that's hand, you're you're handling too much. You're you're trying to you're doing way too much um but they still you could still t- sense like we don't understand what happened with sammy we have no idea 
we just know he has a lot of these like really Sammy's like, just vibing. I know I know what's going on. <laughs> he's just he's um, just chilling out. Um and I think that's I think that's smart. I think they it's just it's not necessarily we don't need to know his entire life story. We just need to know what he's going through right now and how he's being supported and um, and we can think whatever happened, like we could make it up in our heads, but to be honest, like it's just very human and very humane. Um, and so I, w- it was a little surprising to me where Mike, I forgot like Marcus just kind of gets better. Um, and we don't necessarily completely understand why. Um, but I mean, that's like maybe my only complaint of the entire movie. Um, because I also love like that a scene, um, with him meeting that other kid that was that was with them no no I would, like them reconnecting that'd be cheesy. Ha- i would i would want to see him and mason to have one more heart to heart after a suicide attempt why mason because he has they a had special connection with him yeah they, have, oh, they had the yeah. talk before he feels like vulnerable like he's you know he shares his very vulnerable lyrics with mason and oh, that's, that's, they that's have this kind of connection um yeah i just watched this movie and it it's emotional thing uh, that's my own play and i still think that's not even a huge one because i understand what they're going for um big like i think like a lot of times um never mind um but no i think that's i think yeah sorry i got lost there for a second um i really yeah this movie is just very touching and it, it gets to something very very factual and very important in the sense of how it talks and discusses mental health and how it affects children and the day-to-day struggles of that kind of shit. Um, and also, again, it's just, like, procedure, like, the cool, like, the, um, the cool-out room or whatever it's called, the cool-down room, um, mm. the idea of searches every, uh, they search your room all the time. Um, they, uh, the, they in you. So you could calm down. That's all they're trying to like. That's taught to actual medical medical professionals in this field, um, and so it, it it's just very nice to see that because that's not necessarily in a lot of movies. These kind of like the closest. I mean, not the closest, but like one one flew over the cuckoo's nest is like an asylum movie that kind of has some like this is how mental institutions work back but back then at least, yeah. and that's like how they're portrayed through the media. And I think people need to realize that a lot of like these really great, amazing people who take on this incredibly thank not thankless, but like hard, difficult, draining job for like being med- mental health professionals or um, with maybe not an adequate enough um, adequate amount of training um, or teaching are able to really connect to these kids. And it really shows a pretty amazing side of humanity. And I think De- Destin really gets to that through this film. Good shit. Oh. Yeah. I eventually yeah. got there after <laughs> you, you were just immense, like uh, uh, like just yelling out the name of whoever you forgot. <laughs> Listen, that was I, uh, I knew I was gonna forget it, and I uh, didn't want to. I'm not gonna say my, I wouldn't regret doing that, but. <laughs> Imagine all the people. <laughs> <laughs> what a weird, what a weird time we live in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
At least Brie Larson wasn't in that, right? Or was she? No, she wasn't. She was not in that. I feel okay. Good. All right. That would have really was not. Yeah, that would have been the last straw. That's what I've been like. No, that's the thing. Took the axe. Um. Do we think that's worse than the Vanessa Hudgens thing? No. 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 Not even. And like the thing is. The Gal Gadot thing is really not even that bad. It's just like in the it's just, it's just like it's not so the right cringy. time. It's yeah. just not the right time. It's just it's so like the of, of like not reading the room. But it's like yeah. she does. Like I saw people trying to be like, well, she has like little kid fans or like young girls that are her fans and stuff. I get it, but like it was just not the right move. She really like, has right little kids as her fans. Like just She's imagine Wonder Woman. Just just imagine if. Each of those celebrities donated right. ten million dollars. Sing the song and then donate money yeah. too. Like <laughs> if you sing the song, you have to donate. Right. Like, right. Literally ten million dollars for each of those celebrities, and that's pocket change for them. I um, love that picture of like Sun King Ho and Parasite, and then like in the backseat, it's Gal Gadot's face. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did you see the video going around of Jennifer Lopez's house that looked just like the parasite? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah. It's like the garden. Like it's, it's like, like exact, green, green. It's exactly. It I thought it was at first. I was like, what am I looking at? <laughs> I thought it was some like <laughs> I thought it was some like at? behind the scenes of the little boy, like <laughs> on a hoverboard. Like it's like J Lo's son or something. I don't know. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I want out of this timeline. <laughs> Mm, yeah. Do you th- so? Uh, Do you guys think we'll get a short term thirteen? No. <laughs> oh boy. Too short, um, too furious. <laughs> Tokyo drip. <laughs> is there? Is there? I'm. I'm just trying short to think. Is there any drift? Is there anything? This has been a weird episode. Um. <laughs> is there anything we want to else talk about? Short-term 12? Um, I didn't take notes for this because I just watched it. And it's just... uh. Would you like to do Just Mercy or Glass Castle soon? I'd have to watch it. Well, yeah, Um, but I mean, just in, like, as ideas for follow-ups to this one. Maybe maybe when Chang-Chi comes out. When does it come out? uh, 2021. Okay, yeah. Um, if but, if I it mean, does at this point, yeah. I think this, when production we see it on, it, on yeah. uh, Disney Plus, oh boy. <laughs> I don't get all the people that are like, put Mulan on Disney Plus, put Wonder Woman eighty four on streaming. Like they will never do that. I don't understand. They'd lose so much money. They would lose so much because also they would have. It's not. It could not be a worldwide release on the same day. Because right. they have different contracts with different um, countries in the sense of like they have different platforming rights, and uh, like in India, they have they they already hold right to this streaming that's on India, and how they would have it would be a logistical nightmare, and they lose so much fucking money. Yeah, I was surprised to see they're already putting Onward on Disney Plus pretty soon, but at least that has well, like that a, is... couple, a couple weeks in theaters, I guess. Yeah. They because they're because also like they were like they were fucked anyways yes. like that movie was all like it was already like, uh, that movie have, looked horrible to me did did yeah, I, have it, you see it, it? it yeah it looks really bad I haven't seen it but you know it does it, look I, really I good excited is, by it you know it does look really good as soul that soul looks great 
I think that looks fun. I actually want to see the one by Sony Animation, uh, Connected, or uh, is that what it's called? It's the one by the people that did Spider Verse. Interesting. Yeah, it looks really see. good. It looks really good. Um, the animated film I'm kind of looking forward to is a uh, Raya and the Last Dragon. It's a, it's a film. Oh, yeah. It's with Aquafina. They showed some footage, and the animation looks fucking gorgeous. Um, but yeah, that's I guess that's what I'm looking forward to. I don't know how that came up. Um, yeah, I yeah I think when Shang Chi comes out, we can revisit covering one of his films. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't I just don't know how much there is to talk about besides maybe some of the flaws or whatever. Or because, I, I mean, with that, Glass Castle. Yeah, Gla- I was just gonna say Glass Castle. I think I'd want to do preferably more because. It's, I hear it's more. I it's crazy. more ambitious, yeah. And um, am I wrong that like Jennifer Lawrence was supposed to be in that? I mean, I doubt it. Because I, I'm like ninety percent sure Jennifer Lawrence was supposed to play the Brie Larson part, and she dropped out last minute. Well, it was because maybe it was because it's based off upon a book, and maybe Crest, Cre, uh, Creighton wasn't the first person to come on to that. Project. Yeah, I think that's it was what David it was. Russell. It, I actually think it might have been him. I would not be surprised. That would have been wild. <laughs> um, yeah. I, okay, I, we're going to first I, do uh, David Russell movies. I don't want to do David or Russell. You don't want to? <laughs> I really don't. I, no. So that, we're landing this podcast. Can I just do a whole video on the on the video of him yelling at Lily Tomlin on set? <laughs> uh, well, that's not this decade. Hey, that's not this decade. Uh, well. Isn't it? No, it's not, I guess. No. Should we just or do him... a whole podcast about him yelling about Jennifer Lawrence losing to Emmanuel Riva? <laughs> or him getting in a fist fight with George Clooney? Listen, there's a lot we can... <laughs> there's, a, there's a whole... Margot Robbie, save yourself. Get out of whatever that movie is. I know, right? I saw that. And I'm Michael like, no. B. Jordan, too. Uh, I, don't, he's Man, I don't care about him. <laughs> I don't know. Chris Wallace. Well, Chris Wallace, okay. Well, he works. No, I said, I, where's Wallace? Oh, where's Wallace? <laughs> Michael B. Jordan is Wallace. Is that the movie? What's In it? In The Wire. What's it? Jesus Christ. Christ, that was a long. <laughs> that was a long walk. Billy well, you know, Flynn's long walk to the halftime <laughs> show. What is that right movie now? called? <laughs> <laughs> oh, <boy. laughs> All right. Do we, do we have anything else to say before we get to our favorite scenes? Um. Yeah, I just, I just think this is. Is this a? Is this a debut? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. if you don't count the short. Feature length, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just think this is just fantastic, and I don't, I don't know if I've seen this. Oh, you know yeah. what? It's not his debut. It's not his debut. There's a year before he made this movie called "I Am Not Your Hip." No, I am not a hipster. Mm. And it's based in San Diego's indie music and art scene, exploring what it means to be creative in the face of tragedy. It's kind of like Damien Giselle, like he had a movie before, Whiplash. Which I always forget, and I I find that to be wild. Yeah, I just for some reason was like, no, Whiplash is his debut. There's no fucking way it's not. Mm. Yeah, him and Chazelle are kind of like 
now that I'm thinking about it, they are kind of similar, right? Like three movies, they both have kind of like their guy, and um, they made a de- they made a short before their debut or before what broke them out. Um, and the short was based off the short. movie that. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I agree. Um, and they're both. Do we prefer? Is... Oh, wait, I can't. We can't answer that. What? If Do I was prefer... gonna DDC or uh, Giselle, but obviously we can't answer that. Why can't we answer that? We haven't seen his filmography. Oh, you like his entire filmography? I mean, yeah, like, I was gonna oh, say. I, I, Oh, I see what you mean. Oh, okay, I see what you mean. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Sorry. Um, yeah. I yeah, I'm excited for Shang Chi. I think, I think that's a it's movie definitely that his make or break. Be, yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's break because it seems like he already has like some projects sure. on the docket. Um, I mean, it might he be his make or break for future his future in blockbuster filming. His future uh, filming. MCU. Yeah. Um, but I think. It could be great. I think it will. I think it's a interesting. I like him being outside because his first three movies are very like they're dramas. They're not like there's nothing too crazy about them. So I like the idea of he's going to a crime series, Tokyo, and see what he does with a superhero movie, especially one that's so unknown and could be such a risk. Um, and yeah, and I'm excited to see what Brie Larson does. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to see what Keith does. I'm excited to see what Caitlin does. I'm excited to see what well, maybe not much of Rami. I don't know. He could be great in that Bond movie. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know about Rami. Yeah. Rami's like, well. he's really good in this, though. Did you guys watch Mr. Robot? I watched the first... I watched, I think, the first two seasons. And I like him, what... him a lot. Yeah, that's about all I watched of it. But he was pretty good at that. I saw this... Joey... I saw this show... Um, by Stephen S. Stephen Esmail, right? Is that his name that created it? Sam Esmail. Sam. It's called Homecoming. Homecoming with Julia Roberts. Yeah, I've heard. It's, I've heard it's re- have you seen it? Yeah. No, I heard weird it's things. Really, I didn't finish it. I've it's like really wild. So Janelle Monae is gonna start uh, in season what? two. There's a season two. Oh wow. It's coming out. It's not. It just like yet. wrap. It just wraps up in a fashion like there can only be one season. So that's. Mm-hmm. Is yeah, it it's, good? It's why it. I like pretty, it. I, it's unique. Yeah. It's unique. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good way to put it's it. It's that kind um, of guy, though. It's like the camera is always placed somewhere where it's like, why would you like put it on the ceiling? Like, right. I don't know. There's <laughs> like, there's like kind of like weird soundtrack choices too. Um, Mr. Robot did that too, though. So if you okay. kind yeah, of, if you so. are familiar with Mr. Robot, I don't think it's like that far yeah, of a it's difference. Not that far removed. in terms of a uh, style. Is Joey badass in Homecoming? No, but it actually has uh, Bobby Cannavale, um, Shea Wiggum, mm-hmm. uh, Hong Chow, Hong Chow. Um, no, Joey badass. Okay. Uh, Stephen James from Beale Street. Uh, Stephen James, yes. He's yeah. going to be on the second season as well. Yes. I guess. Yes. Um, I'm excited. Like yeah, Ju- oh, Julie is uh, really good. Who, I thought um, she was very good. What the hell's her name? Sissy Spacek plays her mom, right? Yes, yeah. Oh, I didn't even know she was in it until she showed up. Like the great Sissy Spacek, national goddamn treasure. Yeah. Wait, Dan, did you watch? So you did you see uh, Mr. Robot season two? I watched most of Mr. Robot season two. I don't think I watched the whole thing. Okay, so you, I remember Meryl's you know, daughter on it. <laughs> Do you, do you remember Joey Badass on it? Do you know who Joey Badass is? 
the name. Uh, blanking on what he looks like. He's a rapper. He's a, he's he plays. Singer. He plays rapper. He plays. Um. He plays. Uh. Never mind. I, I would have to go into spoilers for that. Um. But never mind. I don't know. I want him acting. I don't know. I like. I like. I want. Ra- I want more rappers acting. I just. I think that's interesting. Nicki Minaj for Mr. Robot. Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Um, all right, favorite scene. Come on, I, I don't know what's going on here. Um, <laughs> Cardi B for Macbeth. Okay, wait, whoa, oh, wait a minute. Now. She's that, good in that Hustlers. Sounds, that sounds pretty good. Yeah, that's what made me think of her. Um, <laughs> just like the most wild combinations. <laughs> yeah, how would how would Frank wait, Ocean, oh, the new Omodovar? I don't know. Wait, which Cohen is directing? Joel Macbeth. I wonder how Joel would direct Cardi B. <laughs> I just want them in a room together. Like, can't it's so remake Fargo with Cardi B. <laughs> <laughs> remake oh. a No Country for Old Men. Uh, all right. So, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, we're we're going th- the world's going through some stuff here, folks. So we're gonna we're, we're gonna have fun and be weird. Um, I can't call think it. of a call the coin. Where is it gonna land? Oh, oh <laughs> so no! Oh, stop it! Stop it! I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I can't you stop up. thinking about that. Like... Stop it! No, All stop right, it! Sorry. No, yes, we're yes. moving. Okay, on. what's our favorite scene? Is that what we're trying to get? To? Yeah, what yes. are <laughs> yes. each episode with our favorite scene? Um, I want to say my favorite. I don't know. Does anyone? Do you guys have one? I, I'm trying to think. I think the one that I always remember when I think of this movie is the octopus story that Caitlin Deaver, oh, when she's so... like, it's a heavy one. So, you know, we don't have to go too, too heavy with it. But I think just uh, the way the information is revealed through the story and the performances, they're just so present with each other. That's the, the big takeaway. I, I always remember that scene. Hmm. I think it might be for me when uh, Grace and Mason are just near the beginning when they're just hanging out one night. And I love like, that scene too. Yeah, um, and they're like drawing portraits of each other, and Mason just cooked dinner. Um, something I picked up on this time is that they're this is 2013, and you know I I don't know like dating is pretty modern at this time. Like this is it's like an older movie, but it's not that old. So it's interesting that they don't have, like, the TV on or, like, they're not on their phones or anything. There's not, like, a computer open. It's just, like, they're just drawing each other. Yeah, definitely. I think there's times where it's, like, you don't even necessarily know when the movie's set because there isn't a ton of, like, tech use throughout or references to any specific dates or anything. I got it. I got my favorite scene. I guess, like, maybe because Jaden has headphones. But right, right. I guess that's pretty much it. Earbuds. Wow. <laughs> very, yeah. very hostile. Big difference, Jack. Okay. Um, no. Uh, yeah, my favorite scene, I just I just thought of it. Um, I don't know why I didn't think of it sooner. It's when um, uh, Grace shaves um, Marcus's head. And him talking about, is there any lumps on it? You know, and just, and then him just sobbing. With uh, Mason holding him. That's just... Oh, Keith. God, I fucking love that dude. He's so fucking good. 
sensational um, stuff. I just think that's just, just I think it's such a quiet, quiet moment in the way it's filmed. Um, yeah. Is like it's a lot of great close-ups and just like. Oh, I just think that's just such a well-done scene. Um, yeah, this movie's so fucking emotional. I'm a crier. I'm the opposite of Jack. I cry at anything, and I was, and of course, I was crying in this movie. Um, uh, I think it's just because uh, I'm always tired. I, I feel like that make you cry more. <laughs> yeah, honestly, when I'm tired, like late at night, I'm delirious. I will cry yeah. over anything. Maybe like for me, when I'm when I'm kind of like drained, I I'll just kind of like really concentrate. Maybe you're a sociopath. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. I think maybe. Could like, we ask? Could we ask Shane Dawson? What? Fuck, what? <laughs> what are these references? Well, he has like a whole psychopath YouTube series. Are you Jake Paul? Okay. Yeah, I'm Jake Paul. Yeah. Okay. All right. God. All right. Thank you all for listening, Dan. Thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. Thank Please you for having back. me. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, where can everyone find? Do you wait? Do you have? Do you want to plug anything? Do you want to plug your social media? Yeah. Do you uh, have anything of interest? I don't even. For us? I don't know what my Twitter handle <laughs> is. Isn't that sad? <laughs> do you have like a letterbox? Uh, I do have letterbox. Uh, Dan Briarly eleven is my Twitter. Right. And then my letterbox is that not that I use it that much, but I you know we're on there. Dan Briarly one <laughs> on letterbox. Oh. Thrilling, yeah. really original, really original, yeah. thrilling stuff. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jack, where can everyone find you and your goofy ass? <laughs> How do I follow that up? Um, yeah, I'm Jack, a- I'm Jack A. Draper on Twitter. And my writing is on Simple Cinephile. Um, you can all follow Which me. Whichever I find you. I was going. I was right in the middle of that. You, God damn it! All right. Uh, you all can find me at Clayfilm100 on Twitter, on Instagram, on Letterbox. Please follow the podcast Twitter account at ETTPod. Uh, leave us a voicemail at Anchor. Um, please rate, review, subscribe. Next week. And I'm so excited to announce this. I've been I've been running him on since we ever started this podcast. We have Vinny Manicuso, senior editor at Collider, on for Under the Silver Lake, which I have not seen, and it will be wild, but I'm so glad we got Vinny on. Um, that's just going to be a real fun one, and it's going to be embarrassing for me. It's going to be very embarrassing for me because I'm just going to fan out over Vinny. I think he's a fantastic writer. Um, so thank you all for listening. Uh, the world is crazy right now. We're all gonna get through it. We're gonna watch a mag- We're gonna watch that Imagine video a few more times so we can live. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll figure it out, folks. Stay stay safe. Stay quarantine. Social distancing. All that good stuff. And we'll see you next time on Exiting Through the 2010s.